Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Church, you are an awesome worship team. <laughs> Praise God. So are you all ready for Christmas? You all expecting lots of joy? Paul, I see you're expecting. You are joy. Amen. So I'm so blessed to be here with you all this morning and to declare the joy that is Christmas, right? Because Jesus came. Amen. All right. So it's been a wonderful morning. And uh, again, we are so thankful that you all chose to be here in the house of God. And we just declare a blessing over you for this, that great choice. And uh, we're going to get into the word this morning. And I'm just going to ask if you would bow your heads in prayer as we begin. Father God, Lord, it is um, such a joyous occasion, Father God. And we are so thankful that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, and that the Savior is born. So thank you, Father. Father, I just pray that you would have your way this morning. Holy Spirit, that you would speak. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Father, I just declare that your word, Heavenly Father, will come forth flowing like living water. That those who drink of it, Father God, would be quenched, Father. That they came here, Father, not by accident, but because you have a word for them to hear. And that when they leave, Father God, they will not be the same as they arrived. And so, Father, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for victory in every arena because Jesus came, Lord. Father, we love you. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. So the gift of joy, and you heard it, Sid. If you were here these past two Sundays, you know that we began a journey through the season of Advent. And that Advent means coming or arrival. And we rejoice in this season because we are preparing and we're expecting the arrival of the newborn King, Jesus Christ. We began this journey two Sundays ago by unwrapping the gifts of hope and love. The first week in Advent, we lit the candle of hope. We talked about hope past, hope present, and hope future. Major Phil challenged us to place our hope in Jesus, even in the midst of life trials and tribulations. And we were reminded of the hope that is still to be fulfilled when Jesus comes again. Then last week, we lit the candle of love, and we talked about how we accept and experience and we share the gift of God's love as we discover how wide and how deep and how long and how high God's love is for each and every one of us. And today, today we light the candle of joy. You sang the song earlier, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Psalms 96, 11 to 13 says, Let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes. Church, this should be the beat of our hearts. 
during this Advent season. Joy to the world. But too often, the question that nags at many of us is, what if I just don't feel the joy this Christmas season? How do I receive the gift of joy in the midst of my loneliness, in my suffering and pain, in the grief, in the busyness of it all, and the stress that it brings? How do I receive it? Because that's a real place to be in this season. Right, church? There are people who don't feel the joy because they are lonely. I had lunch with two of my girlfriends this week who became widows at a very young age. And Christmas was a very lonely time for them as they saw other couples celebrating Christmas together while they were desperately missing their spouse. Happy times for others triggered tears of loneliness for them. There are others who are struggling to feel joy because they are suffering in pain with a serious illness. I know there are several right here in this congregation who we have been praying for and believing for your healing in Jesus' name. It's been a tough year for you with health challenges. Many of you have loved ones who we have come in agreement with you in prayer for their healing as well. And there are still others who have situations going on in our families that are stressful and it could put a damper on the holidays and make it hard to find joy in this Christmas season. But church, listen to what the Bible says in James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You see, church, along with hope and love, Advent is a season to experience the joy of the coming of the Savior of the world. And Lord knows we all need a Savior. It's more than just a feeling. It's deep and it's powerful. This kind of joy causes all of creation to celebrate the coming of Jesus, even in the midst of our trials and the most difficult of circumstances. In fact, the more desperate our circumstance, the greater the joy that our Savior brings. Amen. So even when we don't feel the joy right now, we can still expect the coming of the joy to the world in the gift that is Jesus. We can prepare to move from our state of discouragement into an experience of life-giving joy. The shepherds in the Christmas story are a good example of this. When the angel showed up and delivered a message to the shepherds on that hillside outside of Bethlehem, the shepherds didn't immediately feel joy. They actually felt fear. They were scared. Luke 2, 10 to 11 tells us, But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Good news that will cause great joy for all the people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. A Savior has been born to me. 
He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. And the angels first address the fear of the shepherds, then help them move beyond their fear to receive the message of joy that the Savior, the Messiah, the one Israel had been expecting and had been waiting for for so long had finally been born. By the end of that night, those shepherds got it. The book of Luke says that they returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Much like today, church, we live in real-life challenges that cause fear in us, whether it be in our health, our relationships, our finances, whatever it be, it can very often be scary to have to face the realities of those situations. And sometimes it's serious. It means losing your home. Sometimes it's tough love with a loved one. Sometimes it's even death. But even that brings the joy of knowing the promotion to glory and eternity with Jesus in the heavens. Church, as we walk through this journey of Advent, we know what's coming. We know that the Christ, the Savior, has been born. This we celebrate and we rejoice over. And we know that there is more to come when Jesus eventually returns. This we must expect and stand believing. So let's experience the Advent as a season when we expect the arrival of joy, even in our struggles and realities of today. So how do we do that? Let's talk about it. On the back of your program, there's a place to take notes. Number one is expect joy. Church, have you ever been waiting for something for so long that you kind of gave up hope that it would ever arrive? Or maybe you forgot that it, was, that it was even on its way. Or you never even knew that it was coming. Well, joy can be that way. Whether we know if it's coming or not, whether we've given hope for the arrival or not. When we started this Advent journey, we talked about hope. And we looked at the history of the people of Israel. They had been waiting for a Savior for thousands of years. That's a long, tough wait. I'm sure some of those Israelites probably actually gave up hope that a Savior would ever come. Some probably just carried on with life, got distracted, and probably didn't think that they would ever see the coming of the Messiah. But others, others held on to that hope. Their waiting was active. They kept themselves engaged in the things that they knew would please God. And when we engage in active waiting, when we live anticipating what is to come, and we keep watching for it, we keep watching for the second coming of Jesus, our waiting has purpose. Hope stays alive. Joy is the same way. Even when we don't feel joy right now, we can anticipate the coming of joy to the world in the gift that is Jesus. Every year at Christmas time, we are beautifully reminded of this that the Savior is born and he will come again. Amen. Amen. So, what does it look like to actively wait on the Lord? Well, let me explain it like this. 
So you know, ladies, when your husband leaves in the morning to work, right? So he goes out the door and you wish him well. And you're home and you expect him to return in the evening, right? And so you're actively waiting for his return. You clean the house. You make a nice meal. You make, you make sure that his remote has batteries that work, right? Because you're expecting that that evening that your husband is going to return home, right? And then evening comes, and you hear that car pull up, and you're already feeling joy, right? There's this joy that stirs up in, with you. You haven't seen him yet, but you know he's coming. And this joy is stirring up with you, right? And there's nobody else that can elicit that kind of feeling of joy in you. And so that's the way Jesus wants to find us, right? That's the way Jesus wants to find us waiting for his return, doing what would be pleasing unto God. Amen? Amen. Yes. And ladies, just a note. When your husband does return home, don't let him find you in the same pajamas that you were wearing when he left, right? Because you want him to be joyful too when he comes through that door. Amen? Amen. Yeah. All right. And so actively waiting, that sounds like an oxymoron, right? But it's true. Christians shouldn't be just sitting around waiting for the second coming of Christ. There's so much to do to turn things around in a lost and hurting world. Church, how are you waiting? Are you waiting bringing joy to everyone? Are you waiting so that you can be a blessing to someone? I just want to share with you a few examples that happened just in the past couple of weeks of joy and actively waiting. And so our first slide is a group that was here when we had our Joy of Christmas event. And it was the Polynesian Club from the Kapolei High School. And they came and they sang and they danced and they brought much joy to some very special guests, very important guests that we had here. At our Joy of Christmas, we invited the families and the foster children from shelters in Kalailoa and along the, the Leeward Coast to come and just have a great time and enjoy Christmas. And so the pictures you see here are of this group of teenagers who could have chose to be anywhere on a Friday night, but they chose to be here to bring joy to these very important people. So you can see how they were actively waiting. Oh. Right? <laughs> How's that for actively waiting? How's that for while you're waiting for the second coming of Jesus Christ that you go out and be a blessing to others, that you bring joy to those who are less fortunate, right? And then we had, um, just the Sunday after that, a wonderful group of volunteers from the Croc Center that went to the Kapuna Viola Nursing Home. And there to sing Christmas carols and to pray with and to bless the residents of Kapuna Viola, the home there, right? Yes, many of you went. Many of you were there with us. And they also took, we also took uh, Blankets that were made by our sewing club. Black blankets that were just beautiful and made with such heart. Um, and then that evening, they went again and they did it at Silvercrest in Wahiwa. 
blessing the seniors in that home. There's so much going on this season that we can do to actively wait for Christ's return and to be a blessing to others. Whether you're ringing the red, the, um, the red kettle bell, being out there smiling, raising funds for life-transforming programs, and whether you're a giver such as these, this is our latest addition to our donor wall. These are people who have given of their resources because they believe in the mission of the Salvation Army to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to meet human need in his name without discrimination, right? And then there's even Bible studies going on and small groups, people who know the joy that comes with serving Jesus and want to disciple others. Church, there's so many ways that we can be actively waiting for the second coming of Christ. And again, so much work to do to turn things around in a lost and hurting world. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, number two, we recognize joy. Recognize joy. Did you ever wonder why out of all the people in the world, the wise men were the only ones who recognized and followed the star of Bethlehem? Well, yeah. First off, they were wise. <laughs> but it was like a star. It was a star up in the sky for everyone to see. The whole world could see it. But most people, Jews and Gentiles alike, didn't even recognize its meaning. But for those men who did, it caused great joy. Matthew 2, 10 to 11 says, When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. When they arrived at the manger and they saw the child with his mother Mary, they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Do you know, church, that every time you give of your gifts, that you give of your time, talent, and treasure, that you are actually giving a gift to Jesus. The Magi traveled a long way to find the one whose birth was announced by the star, and they encountered hardships along the way. They had to deal with that crazy tyrant of a king, King Herod. They even lost sight of the star for some time. But they knew what they were looking for, and they just kept seeking Jesus even when things went wrong. Church, it can be hard to recognize joy in our own lives sometimes, especially because it doesn't always look the way we expect it to. We expect joy to be free of worry and hardship, but the Bible tells us that joy is found in the midst and even because of hard times in our lives. Just like we read earlier, the Bible says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Church, when we recognize that joy actually comes from trials because they produce perseverance that makes us into the people that God wants us to be, then we can experience joy even in the midst of very difficult times. Nehemiah 8.10 says this, The day is holy unto the Lord, do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Psalm 35 says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. My two widow girlfriends that I told you about earlier 
Today, they are able to find joy in the eyes of their grandchildren who actually look like and in many instances act like their spouse. Even though these grandchildren never even met their papa in person. See, we serve a faithful God. He sees the longing of your heart. He knows your long suffering. And he is faithful to bring joy in the morning. Amen. Number three, choose joy. The idea that we can choose joy is a little deceiving. We can't just close our eyes and focus really hard and somehow conjure up joy. In fact, that often leads us away from joy. You see, joy is a gift. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. So we can't just create it by trying harder. But we can. We can choose to live in the ways that God says brings joy. The concept is similar to physical health. We've all heard it before. We can't get physically, physically stronger just by thinking about and mentally choosing to be stronger, right? We have to actually exercise and build the muscles that make us stronger. Likewise, we can do the exercises that produce joy. Like, choose to give thanks. Choose to obey. Choose to abide. Let's look at this a little closer. Choose gratitude. Try it. When you don't feel joyful, give thanks. Church, write down two reasons why you are thankful. Write down two reasons why you have reason to give thanks, and later you can write more. You will be surprised at how long your list actually gets pretty quickly. See, it's counterintuitive. When we don't feel joy, when we'd rather gripe and complain, give thanks. It opens our heart to joy. That's why Paul instructed the Thessalonians. He said, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Gratitude goes a long way, and it leads us towards joy. Church, when you don't know what to do, when you're feeling overwhelmed by the season, when you feel anything but joy, give thanks. Choose to obey. Like gratitude, obedience is a practice. It's a process of seeking to follow God's ways and to put them into action. We don't always get it right, but the more we align ourselves with God's word, the more we understand his ways and then choose his actions that align with his word and his wisdom, the more we open ourselves to experience the good fruit of those choices and the more we prepare ourselves to encounter and receive his joy. Amen? And the last one, choose to abide. John 15 tells us that if we abide in him, he will abide in us. And as the worship team makes their way back up to the stage, church, I want to say this. Let this season of Advent be a time of gratitude, be a time of obedience, be a time of abiding in his love as we expect 
the joy that Jesus brings this Christmas. Philippians 4.4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Not sometimes, not if times are good, but rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Rejoice. And that's not always easy, right? Because sometimes, as I said earlier, and I know that it's true in this house because it's true in every house, that there is someone that is struggling to find the joy this Christmas season because we live in a real world with real challenges and so much can block our hearts from experiencing the joy that God wants us to have. And so church, with eyes closed and heads bowed, the worship team is going to sing this song. And I'd like to offer you this time to do a joy check in your heart. Take a joy temperature, if you will. And if you find that you're needing help to find the joy in this Christmas season, we're so honored to pray with you because it's a, such a real place to be. And this altar, this altar is open to anyone. This altar is where Christ will meet you right where you are. Whether you're feeling the joy or that joy has been lost somewhere and you're trying to find your way back. And so we just want to invite you to either come here or you can pray there. But as the worship team sings this song, just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart and allow the joy that is Jesus our Savior that he wants to bring you this Christmas season and all year round. Amen. Father, thank you. Church, for those of you who would just like us to come in agreement with you for prayer in this Advent season, in this Christmas season. I am so honored to do so. Would you just lift your hands and let us know that you have something that you want us to come in agreement with. And I'm loving those hands. Thank you, Jesus. You know that we serve a true God and we serve a faithful God. So even if I don't know, he knows. He knows everything that's going on in your life. He knows everything in your heart. And that's why he sent the gift of Jesus, his one and only son, during this season as our Savior. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much that in this season of Advent that we can receive and unwrap the gift of joy. Father, help us to expect, to recognize and to choose joy as we give thanks, as we obey, and as we abide in you. Father, lead us into joy as you lead us into a deeper relationship with you. And give us the courage and the strength to rejoice no matter what circumstances we face. And make our joy complete in you. Father, you see the hands that have been raised. And you know the situations in their life. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that more, the more desperate the situation, the greater the joy. 
So, Father, we thank you. We declare victory over every hand that was raised, Father God, because the devil is a liar. We thank you, Jesus, that what the devil meant for evil, that you turn around for good. So victory is ours because you gave us the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. And we declare it, and we find joy in it, and we are thankful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.